Right. Right, folks, if you'd like to uh, bring your conversations to a, a close, it's great to see people chatting. And there will be plenty of opportunity after uh, the service to speak as well, along with some refreshments. Some of you may have noticed that Andrew hobbled up here, so he's uh, hurt his ankle, hence the uh, Val Dunican uh, seat up here. Yeah, we'll give him a guitar as well, and he'll be well away. <laughs> I'm just going to pray for Andrew as he uh, brings God's word to us. I, I was going to conclude that as well, Reg, yes. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I, I just thank you for your word to us, Lord. I thank you that uh, it is something that we can enjoy. It's something that nourishes. It's something that restores and transforms us. And Lord, I pray that as Andrew brings your word, as he opens up your word to us, Lord, I pray that we would receive it into our hearts. I pray, Lord, that it would thoroughly meet the needs that we have and that, Lord, you would challenge us through it, that you would encourage us through it and that we would be transformed through your word as your Holy Spirit speaks through Andrew. Lord, I pray that you would bless him, Lord, give him the words from your heart to us this morning. Lord, I pray that there'd be none of him and all of you yes. in what he brings. Yes, and that, uh, yeah, Lord, that we would just be hearing from you. Yeah. And Lord, I do pray for his ankle. Lord, I pray for healing. Lord, I pray that I'm praying to the God who heals. We've, mm. we've mm. sung about it. We've, we've mm. prayed about it. Mm. Lord, we know that you are the God yeah. that heals. And I just pray, Lord, would you, through your power, heal his ankle, yeah. bring it completely restored to as it was before in your precious name lord amen thanks sean that's wonderful i uh those of you of my sort of age or perhaps older may remember a comedian called dave allen and i've always wanted to do this sit here i'm just missing the uh <laughs> Anyway, um, apologies that I'm going to sit, but as Sean said, I messed up my ankle yesterday and it's rather sore and tender, so I'm trying not to walk on it too much. Um, it's going to feel really weird. I'll probably end up falling off this. I'll just warn you now because I like to move when I'm preaching and the idea of being stuck in one place is uh, going to be interesting. Anyway, um, just before I um, start to share God's word, a crutch. Whoa! Don't throw it at Reg, Joan. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just before I preach, I just want to ask, actually ask us, can we also just uh, pray for John and Liz? Uh, they were meant to be here with us today, John and Liz Barrett, John, one of the elders, if, you don't, if you're new to the church, and his wife. Uh, Liz has been unwell for a number of days, and uh, such that she, they, they couldn't, uh, she couldn't be here today, and John felt it was important to be at home uh, just to look after her. Uh, and, you know, we... Without wanting to overstate things, you know, it's important to pray for leaders. Uh, and uh, I and Emma, uh, I'm sure, sure I can say this for Anthony, Honor, and John and Liz as well. We so appreciate your prayers. But I'd love us just to pray for uh, Liz particularly and John and Liz particularly just now, if that's okay. So I'll lead us, but please join with me. Father, we uh, thank you for John and Liz. Um, we pray, Sovereign God, would you raise Liz up to full, robust health? in every way throughout her body. We pray, come and meet with, he, with her. Heal her, Lord Jesus, completely. 
completely. And would you refresh both John and Liz? They serve so much in this church and give so much in this church. We pray, would you bless them even now? I, I pray just as we've enjoyed delighting in you this morning, that they would also have opportunity to delight in you this morning uh, where they are at home. In Jesus' name, be with them. Keep them, Lord God, we ask. Bless them, Father, with full health. Restore them, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, this isn't... I'm going to fidget. I'll, I'll just get used to it. Um, well, we're in our first of our new mini-series today. And uh, those of you who are part of Harvest Church or have been visiting for a number of weeks will know we've been uh, look, looking at uh, going on a journey together. It's the language we've used, going on a, a, a journey and uh, talking about three particular words which, would, which we want to use to define who we are, to express how we want to be as a church. And uh, I think most of us now are starting to get these words into our language. Uh, I'm going to mention them again. I won't ask people to shout them out this time. Uh, but we said you know, three words which we wanted to use to sort of help define us as a church would be this. We want, first of all, to be disciples. And that's not just about what we do, but it's who we are. It's very much our, our very person, sons of the king, sons of the father. In our, in our spirit, understanding what it means to be sons of the father. Uh, and then the second word we wanted to use is this, spirit. And that is we want to be a people who walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit's our best friend. Who will lead us and guide us and lead us in all righteousness. And show us what the Father has for us to do. That we could be obedient to him. And then the third word, and this is where we're going to be now focusing our attention for the next four weeks. This week and the following uh, actually, I say the following three weeks. We're taking a break next week to have a testimony Sunday, but then the three weeks after that. Uh, and we're going to be talking about kingdom. What it is to be people who see the kingdom of God advance. And if you want to put that into a sentence, disciple, spirit, and kingdom, you can say, sons of the Father, walking hand in hand with his spirit, who advance the kingdom of God. That's who we want to be. That's the sort of people we want to be. You, know, you may say, well, where are we going as a church? That's, that's where we're going as a church. That's, that's part of our journey, this stage of our journey. That's what we're focusing on as a church. And so this morning we're starting and we're going to uh, be looking at what it is to advance the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, it's a funny word. You, you, uh, as with so much in our language, when I say the word kingdom, you may think, oh, I wonder what that means. Or you may think, oh, he means this or he means that. And it's good that we just have a, a base of what we mean by when we say kingdom. And, of course, it's a word Jesus used lots. I don't know whether you realize this. He uses it 131 times he's recorded as using it in the Gospels. That's a lot. That's because he came to bring the kingdom. And he, wanted, he talked a lot about the kingdom. He talked, talked about the kingdom of God looks like this and looks like that. And this is how it works. And, and, and we'll be looking at that over the next few weeks. But even then you may say, well, what do we mean by the word kingdom? Well, kingdom, if you think that we live in the United Kingdom, it talks about a land, a territory. A place where there is a rule and a reign. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we are talking about the domain the kingdom, the, the, the world, effectively, where God rules. 
That's what we mean by the kingdom of God, the domain, the dominion of God, where God's sovereign rule and reign exists. Where people come under his rule and reign, therefore. Just as we come under the rule and reign of a monarch of over 60 years now in our nation. Amazing. Who served incredibly. But we actually, (laughs) actually we recognize this. But we're actually under the rule and reign of the great I am. The Lord of all lords. The king of all kings. The king to which every king and queen and every person on earth will have to bow one day and give an account for their lives. That's the one we come to. That's, that's the kingdom we're talking about. And so this morning, I'd like us to sort of try and do a bit of big picture thinking, what do we, how do we see kingdom in the Bible? Where do we find this concept? How do we understand it? And uh, as we start, I'd like to encourage you to start at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. If you've got your Bible, you just need to turn a few pages and you'll find Genesis chapter 1. And I'm just only going to read a few verses. And you may say, oh, Andrew, this doesn't have the word kingdom in it. How does this make sense? Panic not. All will be explained in a moment. And right at the end of Genesis 1, where we have the creation account, how God puts heaven and earth together, we read this in verse 31 of Genesis 1. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Going into chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now you may say, well, okay, don't quite get where you're coming from. Let me try and unpackage it a bit further. What we have here is a summary of the creation story. It's the conclusion of the creation story. And in reality, before the fall at the creation, what God's doing is he's creating his kingdom. Adam and Eve are going to live with him in his perfect creation, the Garden of Eden. And God looks at it and he says this, he says it's good. He says it's complete. It's so complete he can stop. He's saying I can stop, I can rest, because it is complete. And here we basically have a bit of a picture of perhaps the closest thing we can see of the kingdom of God. Fulfilled. Before sin, before everything has happened, before the fall. You see, there's a sense of harmony and order. We can read about how Adam and Eve walk with the Father. There's a sense of intimate relationship with God. Not just God, some sort of distant force, but no, God. Who comes and spends time with his creation sense of harmony actually in the creation, that it was all put together really well, knitted together really well. Of God's provision in his creation, that actually we can see how God provides in his creation. He provided everything for Adam and Eve. He 
Put it all together. Everything is good. Everything that is good is available to man in his creation. There's loving, tender care. There's no sickness. There's no fear. There's no shame. Man and uh, mankind is given authority and responsibility. There's roles. There's, there's privileges. We can see in the kingdom order so much. And I guess in one, one sense we shouldn't be surprised that actually what we see in the account of creation, what we see in the Garden of Eden reflects the very nature of God. Ultimately, God who is good. It's why it's so important that we pause and we dwell on the character of God. It's why worship's so important. We remind ourselves of who God is, of how great he is, of his love and his mercy, of his goodness. It's why next week we're going to give time just to celebrate this journey we've been on and to give thanks, to recognize what God's been doing amongst us and to celebrate his goodness and grace. That's part of our worship back to him. You see, in this kingdom we can see so much of the goodness of God, so much of the nature of God, not surprising at all because it is a reflection of who God is. And the kingdom of God, when Jesus talks of the kingdom of God, what he's talking about is of the world again coming under the rule and dominion of God, which would of course then reflect the nature of who God is. It will be perfect. Absolutely perfect. Wow. A perfect world. No sin, no shame, no fear, no judgment in a wrong sense, no critical judgment. But in this account, of course, we all know that the fall happens. This temporary kingdom we see established in Eden doesn't last long. The fall happens. Man is separated from God's rule and dominion. He's put out of the garden. He's put out from under the care, direct, intimate care of Almighty God. He's put out of the garden and enters a world where Satan has limited power and authority. I just want to underline that he has limited power and authority. One of his biggest lies is he wants to make out he has all power and authority. He doesn't. Remember, he's the prince of lies. That's how he controls. That's how he manipulates through deceit and through lies. Because you see, Satan, of course, had given up the privileges and the authority and responsibility of being part of God's kingdom. He rebelled. He broke relationship with the father. And in so doing, he becomes a rejected being. And so this world in which Adam and Eve come into, where Satan has limited power and authority, but does rule to a large degree, is one which is characterized by the nature of Satan. It's characterized by rejection. It's characterized by rebellion, by deceit. It's a world with limited resources now. And where there's conflict between mankind and also between mankind and God. But let's remember Satan has limited power. Now you may say, well, Andrew, this... Okay, I, I think I'm starting maybe to get a bit of a glimpse. But, you know, the, the picture language, the language of God wanting a people doesn't stop there. We need to then uh, move on. 
We could turn, for example, to the book of Exodus, a book about a people uh, coming out of slavery. And in Exodus 19, verse 6, you don't need to read it, I'll read it to you. Actually, 19, 5 and 6, it says this. Um, uh, Now, if you obey me fully, this is God speaking, if you obey me fully, speaking to this people that's coming out of, of Egypt, If you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Wow. You see, we can see again here there is a sense of God looking for people. God looking for his people, a a definitive group, a defined group of people. He's looking for that group of people that he he can walk with, that he can delight in, that he can treasure. But note those verses are conditional. It's if you obey me fully and keep my command. Then out of all the nations, he's chosen this people. Out of all the nations, you'll be mine. He reveals himself. The God, I am that I am. He reveals himself through what he does. Through how he delivers his people out of slavery, out of Egypt. And yet ultimately, this people were rebellious. They were disobedient. And so then you can slide on many, many, many years and move to one of the prophets in the Old Testament, Hosea, where you read these words. Hosea chapter 1, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, this was his firstborn son, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel. And I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. And what we have here is, again, another stage on the journey that, my goodness, these people are so rebellious over so many times, over so many times where the people go, oh, no, we've got it wrong. And they come back. But they aren't this kingdom. They aren't the full representation of all that God desires. And ultimately, in the journey up to Hosea and then beyond, the world becomes more and more broken. The Israelite nation becomes more disappointed and dispossessed. And yet there's still hope, hope for a new day, a new kingdom coming because of the prophecies. Prophecies in Isaiah, prophecies in other books of the Bible. There's hope, surely A kingdom is going to come. And then we can turn to one of the Gospels. I'm going to choose the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew we can read in chapter 3 how John the Baptist says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He knows something's coming. This prophet, John the Baptist, foretelling something that's going to happen very, very soon. And then just a chapter later, 
we find this. Jesus saying, as he begins to preach, verse 17 of uh, Matthew chapter 4, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And what we have here is we can see that God's end time purposes are starting to be fulfilled. That the father who loves his creation has decided to at long last bring about a new age. A new age of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Not just wrapped up in one people, but available to all. Not limited in that way, but a powerful kingdom. A kingdom which will keep on advancing until the final day when Jesus comes back. And be sure, one day Jesus will come back. Hallelujah. A kingdom which starts to fulfill these promises which have been held on to for generations. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, says Jesus. He reads it out. A powerful reading. Powerful reading. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Wow. Because he's the son of God. He's not just a man. He's the son of God. And he's come to inaugurate a new order. A new beginning. A new beginning for the earth. The beginning of a new beginning in one sense. Because the kingdom's coming. I don't know about you. I get quite excited when I start thinking about this stuff. Because we get drawn into this. 2,000 years later, that kingdom is still coming. It's still advancing. We need to understand, we are part, as believers, we are part of the advance of the kingdom of God. Now you may say, well it hasn't got very far over the last 2,000 years. And you can say that if you want. But actually if you look at things over the last 2,000 years, there have been some amazing aspects of the kingdom coming. And actually, in this church, this year, we have seen many signs of the kingdom coming. We've seen people getting healed. We've seen people becoming Christians. We've seen demons being expelled. I mean, those are all signs of the kingdom of God coming. <laughs> you know, those are all things Jesus talks about of the kingdom coming. See, the kingdom is coming. It's already come, it started, but it's yet to reach its fullness. The best analogy I could use probably would be that of the Second World War. D-Day. We re-invade. The Allied forces re-invade Europe. The invasion has started. Now with the hindsight of history, we know that was a successful invasion. And what happened over those following months is the invasion gradually gathered pace. And gradually it moved through France and through Belgium and Holland and to the heart of the Hitler regime, Germany. And then one day, there are massive parties. Victory in Europe. VE Day. And you know, that's really how things are for us at the moment. The invasion started. But the ultimate victory, which in one sense has already been won at the cross, 
But the fulfillment of the ultimate victory has yet to happen because that will be the day Jesus returns. But during this time, we're going to see a progressive increase of the kingdom. Jesus talks about it being hidden. A lot of it, you don't notice it happening and then wham. (laughs) Oh, wow, there's the kingdom. We'll talk a bit more about that over these few weeks. Coming back to the big picture, can I highlight four ways which we can see Jesus brings the kingdom? First of all, he brings his kingdom through who he is, through his character. How he's in submission to the Father. You see, Jesus actually comes out of obedience and submission to the Father. Doing the very thing which God's people were called to do. To be obedient. He comes to demonstrate a life of obedience to the Father. To show as a man and yet God, however that works. What it is to live out the will of God in his life. I'm not going to read it now, but if you're making notes, you may want to look at John 6, 38, where Jesus talks about how he comes to do the Father's will. We we too are called to do just that. We too are called to see the kingdom come because of who we are, first and foremost, through our character, through our character of obedience and submission to our loving Heavenly Father. Secondly, though, he also sees the kingdom come through his authority. Because Jesus has all authority. And so he can say to demons to go and they go. Again, you may want to, um, there's lots of passages. The one I was going to refer to is Matthew 16, 19 to 20. If you want to, if you're taking notes, you may want to look that up later on. The crucial thing, though, to understand is this, that the authority which Jesus has, he then gives to us. Matthew 28, all authority. Now I say, go, make disciples. He gives us authority. He demonstrates that with his own disciples. He sends out the disciples. They come back so excited. (laughs) They come back so excited and say, hey, the demons are fleeing and people are getting saved. Effectively, the kingdom's coming. People are getting healed. He says, yeah, but don't forget, delight not in those things, but your name is written in heaven. That's where we delight. We delight in our relationship. The other things are great. They're exciting. And it's not that we can't get excited about them. They're good things. Let's always keep our delight in our amazing Father, not in what we see happen. He gives us authority. Jesus brings the kingdom through exercising the authority that he has. We too can do the same. Thirdly, Through his identity. You may say, well, isn't that similar to character? Yes. But what I mean in this instance is this. He just knows he's here to bring the kingdom. Do you know you're here to bring the kingdom? It's part of who you are if you're a believer. You're here to bring the kingdom of God. Wow. What's that look like? How do I bring the kingdom of God? Is it only through people getting healed and demonized uh, and the demons going? No. No, we can bring the kingdom of God in all sorts of ways. I'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. And then he also sees the kingdom come through his ministry. Demonstrating and bringing the rule of God. Through what he does. Through what he does. 
And we too, through what we do, not just through exercising authority, but the way in which we love people, the way in which we stand up for the poor and the needy, the way in which we bring the justice of God, all signs of the kingdom of God coming, the way in which we help the dispossessed, the captives, literal captives, as well as spiritual captives. They're all signs of the kingdom of God coming. The way we treat our employees, if we're an employer. The way we treat our employers, if we're employees. They're all signs of the kingdom of God coming. Or they can be, if we will engage. And we're all called to do this. Without exception. Amazing. Without exception. And so you know, we, we can see the kingdom of God come in our everyday lives. We can see the kingdom of God come because of how we treat the person that serves us in a shop. And that we value them and don't just ignore them and treat them as some sort of lackey. We can see the kingdom of God come through simple acts of kindness and generosity. We can bring something of the love of God, of the kingdom, of his kingdom. But we can also do it through praying for the sick, through seeing demons go, through loving the poor, through expressing the good news, through uh, expressing the hope which is in us. We can do it through all of these things too. Through seeing captives set free. All these are signs of the kingdom coming. You may go, well, how can you define a sign of the kingdom coming? You may want to look at it another way. It's of darkness being overthrown. Of, the, of Satan's rule being pushed back. Of all those things which Satan loves, lies, deceit rejection, hurt, pain, shame, sin, all of those things, it's pushing that back and it's bringing the truth, acceptance, unconditional love and so much, so much more. Can we see? And that's bringing the kingdom. That's bringing the kingdom. They're all kingdom steps. Now, as I said, we live in this weird world at the moment. The invasion started The kingdom has come, and yet the kingdom has not yet been fulfilled. We, though, are called to play our part now in seeing the kingdom advance. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. You know, seeing the kingdom advance will involve things like this. It will involve words. It will involve how we proclaim truth how we proclaim the year of God's favour, how we proclaim freedom, how we proclaim love. It will involve our words, bringing the truth of God to bear. It will involve works. That is, works of compassion, of unconditional love, of justice, of grace, of mercy. And it will involve wonders. The power of God being manifested, displayed for all to see. 
leading to great impact in some people's lives because of it. But please let's not forget that it's all three, it's not one. Some of us will go, yes, bring it on. I'm looking, out, I'm looking forward to the wonders, and that's great. But others of us will go, wow, I'm looking forward to the works, the compassion. And others of us will go, words, that's me, I'm a wordsmith. I love bringing the truth. And let's understand we're wired differently. Each of us should be involved and can be involved in bringing all three, but we'll probably have one which we particularly like to do. And let's not look at one and go, Whoa. well, they don't understand this. Let's not get wrapped up in making judgments of one another. Let's celebrate when we see all three of these things happening. As truth is proclaimed, as works of love and grace and mercy are performed, and as wonders which no man can ever generate happen which speak of the power of Almighty God. The kingdom, the advance of the kingdom, is about one thing. Well, it's about a lot of things, but I want to focus on one thing. (laughs) It's about world transformation. We're here to transform the world. That means we transform the world around us. It doesn't have to be, but I can't transform what's going on in Boston, Massachusetts, or I can't affect what's going on in Buenos Aires, Argentina, or I can't affect what's going on in Perth, Australia, or wherever else it may well be. Some of us will go and do things like that. But we just bring transformation where we are. Kingdom transformation. Why? For the glory of God. To see more people reconciled with him. And the way which God has ordained it works is we do it together. The church, the church, that's us folks, each and every one of us, if you consider yourself to be part of Harvest Church, I'm including you in this statement at this point, the church are called to be the agents of the kingdom. That is, we are the people who bring the kingdom. We do it together, not apart. We support and encourage one another. We help one another on this journey. We pray for one another. We applaud when something goes well, and we commiserate and encourage when it doesn't. That's the beauty of the church. The church is his principal agency for the advance of his kingdom. Each and every one of us. Not an, or, not an organization, but a body. A body of people. And so as we finish, I can't not say, will we play our part? Because we need to know, will we play our part? We do need to ask that question. Am I sold out for seeing the kingdom of God come? Am I sold out for world transformation in my world, in the life that I live? Am I sold out for seeing and looking to find ways to express something of the kingdom of God 
in my home, in my workplace, in my school or college, in my neighborhood, with my boss, with my employees, with those I work with, with my work colleagues. Am I sold out for that? The call is very clear. We have this prayer, don't we? The, we call it the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer Jesus gave us to use. He said, when you pray, you can pray this. It's a framework for how we can pray. We can find it in Matthew 6. It says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means praised, gloried, honoured, praised. Praised be your name. What's the next line? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand if you want to. And we're going to pray that line of the prayer together. But as we do it, we're going to say, Father, or into doing it, what you're saying is, Father, use me in this way. Use me in this way. I want your kingdom to come. I want to see your kingdom come. I want to do your will here on earth as your representative of all that's going on in heaven today and for the future. So if you want to stand with me, please do. I know some can't stand and that's fine, so please don't judge those who don't stand. Let's close our eyes, though. We pray, Father, your kingdom come. Bring it about, Lord. Bring about your kingdom more and more, Lord Jesus. We pray your will be done. Use us, Lord, please. We want to be people of words, of works, of wonders. Use us, we pray, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom would come. Here on earth, here in the world which we live in, in our lives, we pray for the glory and honor of your name, Lord God. We pray, Holy Spirit, help us. We commit ourselves to you. We say we want to live lives of obedience, lives which bring glory and honor to your name. We say now, Holy Spirit, would you come and help us? Because we can't do this in our own strength. We need your help, Lord God. So come fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit, we ask. Empower us and enable us. Keep us close to you that we walk hand in hand with you as sons of the Father, delighting in who we are first and foremost. And we see your kingdom come. We commit ourselves to this, Father. We commit ourselves to you for the glory and honor of your name. Amen. 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 If, uh, please stay standing just a moment.
if you would like prayer for anything, we want to see kingdom come, even here today. So if you would like prayer for anything, please just make your way forward now. Now, prayer team, if you're on the prayer team, if you have been trained and you know you're on the prayer team, can I ask you to come forward now, literally now, so you're here ready to welcome people and to receive people. If you know you're on the prayer team, if you're free this morning, could you please make your way forward? Even if you've not got your badge, it doesn't matter. The badge does not matter, Roger. You can come forward. And uh, Sorry, just he knows why I'm having a go at him. It's okay. <laughs> no pressure. But if you're on the prayer team, please come forward. Now, if you would like something to happen in your life today where you just know you want somebody to come and pray for you. Make your way forward as we bring this meeting to a conclusion because we want to see the kingdom come in our lives in all sorts of ways and the Father loves to see it happen. Otherwise, though, we are going to conclude at this point. Refreshments will be served out in the cafe. Please stick around, spend time with one another. Don't forget to collect your kids if you've got kids in the children's work and please bless and thank those who serve your children and therefore you so well. Thank you so much. Amen. Please make your way forward if you want prayer.